Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hey, kid. (laughs) <laughs> did you have a good day today? Yeah, I did nothing. <laughs> we really didn't talk that much. I think we were just, I, I like I told you, I, uh, in a, I haven't done it in a long time, but I took an early morning edible today after my walk. And you know something? I just felt like I fucking deserved it. You know? You did. I'm so happy you took one. <laughs> Thanks. And then I like, it was kind of wearing off and I decided, I obviously knew we, I had to watch The King of Staten Island for this episode and I put it on and it was like, he was stoned. I was still like coming off. I was like, this is the best experience ever. How good was it? I know we're going to talk about it more, but how good was it? I cannot wait. We literally have not spoken about it. I cannot wait to talk about it. I have so many things to say. Um, I couldn't be more excited. I know. Um, we also, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit, a little bit about the format for today. So we're going to go through our normal stories. Isabel's going to come in to talk Tinsley and Real Housewives of New York. And then at the end, we're going to put in our segment with Aaron Lim that we did for a couple of minutes. We talked some of the subjects, Matt James, et cetera. Um, and yeah. Ready, Joel? I'm so ready. I wanted to mention two very important things before we started. And the first was... If you guys remember about two weeks ago, we posted that we were matching donations up to $10,000 to the Loveland Foundation, which is an organization started by Rachel Cargill that, you know, provides funds for black women and girls to be able to go to therapy, which as you know, is something very near and dear to my heart. And we were overwhelmed by the response. We just posted it, um, on our story, but in case anybody didn't see, we received about $15,000 in donations from Ven- Venmo, which we then um, donated $10,000 ourselves. So we were able to contribute $25,000 to that charity. And we are so, so, so grateful to everyone who donated because it's just such a worthwhile cause. And um, we're, we were like freaking out over it, right? Yeah, the response was incredible. It was like really, really touching. 
it was like a Venmo account that I had set up, of course, just for this. And it was on my work phone and all like this, I don't know, 10 minutes after we started the, we posted that thing, they started coming in and coming in and their seats. And I was like, Julie, cause we were like thinking, I don't know, maybe we'll get to 5,000. Like we're going to donate 10 no matter what. And then they were rolling in and we like, couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. It really was. Yeah. So thank you. And the second thing that I wanted to mention was, as you guys know, every week we're going to be highlighting one Black-owned business that we are really excited about. And this week, Isabel, honestly, again, she found it, but she sent it to me and I actually ordered. So the company is called Gilded and they kind of describe themselves as like a luxury body care brand. And the woman who started it, her name is Blair Armstrong and she's a dermatology physician's assistant. And the reason that I found it is their Instagram handle is at the art of body care. And I saw it on, Isabel had like sent it to me, but I didn't order it right away. And then I was scrolling and I'm a big fan. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but of dry brushing, it's like amazing for lymphatic drainage and it's really good for cellulite. Um, and they have these ones that are in black and white marble. They're the most beautiful body brushes. It honestly hasn't gotten here yet, but the reviews are amazing. I'm really excited. So I will keep you posted on that. Um, but definitely check out this company. It seems amazing. It's at the art of body care on Instagram and the name is gilded. Okay, Jewel, you ready? So ready. Okay, right, let's fucking do it. I also want to mention we got into Matt James with Aaron Lim, but let, let me just put it on the record. I'm pumped for this one. I think he is so goddamn sexy. It is about time they had a black bachelor and this may be the only season that I actually watch. Right. Yeah. Retweet, retweet to that. Yeah. Okay, so we are starting off with a continuation of our Vanderpump rules. So, I mean, <laughs> Vanderpump news. Our Vanderpump <laughs> like, <laughs> Normally I would cut that out, but like, it's fine, right? I feel, I'm, I'm feeling very loose right now. I kind of am feeling like, I don't know, just very alive. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> okay, so as you guys know, last time we were speaking about how uh, Kristen and Stassi both got fired in addition to a couple of other the other castmates. And since then, two wild things happened. First of all, uh, Lisa Vanderpump released a statement. And second of all, on June 13th, news breaks that Stassi and Bo are pregnant with their first child. Talk about timing. Yes. And before we even get into it, I want to read this to you guys because Julie and I found it really interesting and I think that you would too. So there's a woman, her name is Tracy Morrissey, and she is a journalist. And she posted a series of a couple of stories right after the pregnancy news broke. And she said, the first one was just a headline of the article of them being fired. And she said, the leaked news is interesting considering she just hired a crisis PR yesterday. Then she took a screenshot of this, which I'm going to read. Their new representative, Steve Honig, told Page Six on Friday, Stassi and Kristen acknowledged what they did was wrong, have apologized and been punished. Without casting aside their actions or the impact of those actions, they want to move forward as part of the solution in ways that are productive, meaningful, and sincere. Both of them recognize actions speak louder than than words, and that is what will guide them as they move forward. And then it is unclear what the trio's plan will be, but fans will be watching. So she circles the, it is unclear what what the trio's plan will be. And she goes, seems like we now know what phase one of the plan is, referring to the pregnancy. Second one is she put a picture of Stassi and Bo because they were spotted for the first time out since the news broke. And she wrote, yesterday, after it was announced that Stassi hired a crisis PR firm, she was caught, in quotes, by paparazzi going to pick up takeout. And she put another one. She goes, with a $6,000 handbag, a bow in her hair and kitten heels. They couldn't get Postmates. This was a photo op. She then circled the fact that the uh, photo was taken by Backgrid. And she goes, in case you didn't know, Backgrid works with celebs in a symbiotic relationship. 
And she goes, still not convinced. Backward is the agency that Sean and Camilla use. And she also posted a picture of Kim um, explaining how like Kim uses them as a photo op. But I thought that that was very interesting. As soon as somebody says, still not convinced, Sean and Camilla use them. I'm like, I'm convinced now. You got me. I, know. <laughs> I was like, Tracy, you're speaking our language. <laughs> I wanted to read Faith's response that she told page six because I thought this was interesting. She said, quote, I feel so vindicated studios and production are able to see blatant racism, make these positive changes and help move the race forward, help with the fight forward. I was in the middle of prayer and I felt a sense of, I know it sounds corny, but I felt a sense of glory. I felt God's presence and I'm seeing now that the news, now that the news has been revealed, maybe that this is what it was. He gave me a sign of optimism meant to be hopeful and showing that all this was worth it. I was ready to put myself in the line of fire because I don't know what will happen if I don't say anything, but I'm glad I did. Now I'm seeing Bravo follow suit, releasing women that have given crazy ratings for them because they want to be on the right side of history. And I'm seeing people are finally hearing us. Um, And Andy kind of just responded saying like, I completely support Bravo's decision, but I just want to make it very clear. I no longer am in that role where I have any say in terms of, you know, the firing or the casting. So just there's not a lot to say we gave our opinion you know how we feel about this I just think that you know I agree with the articles that I was reading I'm very curious as to their next move because you know like we said there is a certain group of people that will be devoted to them no matter what their core 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 followers and I wonder you know if Stassi is going to take them on her pregnancy journey or kind of how that's going to go down clearly she's not coming back to Bravo but I'm just curious how she kind of handles this yeah Okay, I know that I'm going a little bit out of order, but we have to talk about King of Staten Island, Julie. That's fine, because I'm so excited. It was so good. Okay, for anybody who doesn't know, this was released on June 12th, and it's basically a semi-biographical story about Pete Davidson. It's directed by Judd Apatow. It's written by Pete and Judd, and it is so good. I cannot recommend it enough. Julie, what did you think? Tell me your initial reaction. No, I mean, I loved it. It was, I felt like it was one of those movies and this just could be the amount of like screen time of Pete Davidson. But I was like, I genuinely felt like it was one of those movies that I was like annoyed when it was over. I felt the exact same way. And you know me, I'm not a movie watcher. Yeah, I I was was actually surprised that you did it in time for the podcast. Yeah, I couldn't stop. Like I wanted more. I was, I I really like him in this role, you know, like in in this- exactly who he is. Yeah. No, but I, I don't even mean that. I'm saying like as an act, you know, in this type of acting, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was excellent, excellent, excellent. I thought, can I tell you my favorite part of the movie? It doesn't give anything yeah. away. Yeah. My favorite part of the movie is this one tiny scene where he's watching SpongeBob and the sister's leaving for college and they're like, come say goodbye. Like she's leaving. And he's like, oh, it'll, it'll just be over in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I loved, there was, first off, like, in the very, again, I'm not giving anything away, but in the very beginning, within the first, like, what, 20 minutes, we're watching him have sex, not actually, but basically, I'm like, Julie is going to fucking love this one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, amazing. I also, I was, I saw, um, like, a lot of tweets that were saying, like, okay, I get it now, which I think I've gotten it for a while. I mean, clearly, I'm not in the same category as you, but, like, I really got it watching this. You, like, got it, got it, right? Got it, got it, Yeah. I don't know. I I just, to me, he's one of those people where I don't get how anybody doesn't get it. Like, I definitely do get it, but how people could not be into it. But I don't know. I think, I think something about him that is so attractive is he really is very humble, you know, and it's, it's noticeable. And I recognize clearly this was a movie, but you could tell that that was just his sense. Like it's, 
which some could argue comes from the fact that he is, you know, obviously admitted that he has low self-esteem, but I think it's more than that. Like, I think he is just a very kind of humble, grounded guy. Yeah, I so agree. Also, I think the decision to have him with kids in the movie was fucking genius. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Genius. When he's walking with that little girl, I'm like, okay, I can't Yeah, it was so good. I thought that, I mean, first of all, the cast is also amazing. Yeah, okay, so it's Maude Apatow, who's, of course, Judd's daughter, Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr, um, Moises Iris, who, if you guys remember, is Rico from Hannah Montana, um, Pauline Chalamet, Steve Buscemi, Belle Pauly, Carly Aquilino, Machine Gun Kelly, a bunch of more people. It was just very, um, okay, this is how I felt. Can I tell you something? Yes. Do you remember when Pete was talking about how he looks up to Adam Sandler kind of more than anyone because he loves the fact that he's at this point in his career when he can just like have his friends in movies with him? Yes. Like I recognize not all of these people are his friends, but the fact that he could have, you know, Machine Gun Kelly and, uh, and no, Maude, yeah, of course. Exactly met. Right. Like, and, and I just it's think that there's something really so, like best friends with. Exactly. His grandpa like, in the movie is his grandpa. Oh my God, I didn't know that. And I think from what I heard that some of the guys who are at the firehouse, like obviously not Steve Buscemi, but like a couple of the other ones were actually Pete's dad's friends from like their fire station. Wow. Wow. Also, for people who don't know, Pete's dad died. He was a firefighter and he died in 9-11. So the movie's dedicated to him and his, his dad's name was Scott. And Pete's character in the movie is Scott. Yeah, there's a, it's very touching. And you could tell that like, even though he was acting, that clearly he was going through that same sense of emotions while doing it. You know, like you're in a firehouse that's your dad's, you know, I think he probably just felt very connected to his dad throughout the entirety of filming. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Also, this is very weird, the whole thing with it being pulled from the drive-in theaters. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was just an error. Like, I don't think it was ever meant to be put into theaters or drive-in theaters. Oh, let me read. Let me just read this from Variety, just in case anybody was confusing, confused. So there was a headline that it was like, King of Staten Island pulled from all theaters. Meant, of course, only drive-in because of Corona. And it said, Pete Davidson's The King of Staten Island was pulled unceremoniously and mysteriously from drive-in theaters last week, reports Variety. The semi-autobiographical film, which offers a co- comic take on SNL star Pete Davidson's childhood in the borough, was instead released Friday for video only. Quote, there was no explanation from Universal, one drive-in theater owner told the t- outlet. They changed their mind. Uh, insiders at Universal blamed the change on an internal misunderstanding. The King of Staten Island was always intended to premiere exclusively on demand. However, some executives unintentionally booked the film in about 100 theaters, an unnamed source is quoted explaining. When they when they realized the mistake, the studio went back to theaters and asked them not to play it. So random, no? It was very weird. I, I That's not the first time I was reading that that's happened to Universal. I think it happened with Trolls World Tour also. That must be sucked to be the person who fucking... Like, that's like panic that comes over you. You're the one that booked it, you know? I would love to see this movie at a drive-thru. I know that's like kind of throw, like throwing salt on the wound, but this is like, I, as you were saying, and I was like, this is the perfect movie to watch in a drive-in theater. It is, and can I give you a comparison that I think you're totally going to agree with? You know one yeah. that also was like that? Um, Booksmart. Yes, you saw Booksmart? Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm just shocked that I didn't see any movie. It has nothing to do with like the actual substance of the movie. Me, Julie, not you, other Julie, and my dad all took an edible and went to see it. It was one of the most fun I ever had. I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, next thing we wanted to talk about, Julie, take this one away, Outer Banks. You know, this isn't my thing, but I know you're really excited because it's just oh broke about God. an hour ago. I'm so excited about this. So Chase Stokes, who plays John B. and Madeline Klein, who plays Sarah Cameron in the show, conf- like went Instagram official today, which is like the best thing ever. But I think that everyone knew that they were dating, but this was the first time that they've confirmed it, confirmed it. But if you look at their comments, they always comment the sweetest things back and forth to each other. So I think we were just like waiting, but he posted a picture of her today and they were like sitting on the beach and captioned it, cats out of the bag. People were losing it, losing it. People went wild. Rhea and Fran are fuck, are like losing it, I think. Oh, yeah. But they always do. They they did an interview with him. I remember that. I remember that. I know. I, you know, I have to start Outer Banks solely for the fact that I'm like starting to not understand my For You page on TikTok. You have to watch. It's like weird that you haven't. I know. She is, be- she is a beautiful woman. Oh, my God. Beyond. And he mm-hmm. is. No, I can't. Once you watch, I, you're going to be like, I cannot. Yeah, I got it. I have to. I have to. Okay, that's on the list. Beyond. Um, beyond. Yeah, no, I. It, it's one of those. It's, it's overdue. I know that I have to. I'll just get my shit together and I'll do it. This is a good also, reminder. Thank you. You know how we always talk about like guys with specifically hot names? Mm-hmm. Chase Stokes is probably the hottest name I've ever heard. First of all, Chase Stokes is probably a surfer and also like... I have, I have, a, I could have a whole persona for Chase Stokes just based on that name. Exactly. Persona, which we know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his persona. I know nothing about him. That's true. That's true. In my mind, he's like you know, in lives in Malibu a lot, um, a lot. Not not all year round, but he's probably spent a lot of time in Malibu. I could see him being friends with Brody Jenner. Couldn't you? He's too nice for Brody Jenner. Right. He's like the nice guy in that group. He's like the Brandon of the Brody. Chase Stokes respects women way too much to be friends with Brody Jenner. (laughs) (laughs) I have to fucking, yeah, I have to watch. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. The next thing that we want to talk about is regarding Jay Farrow. And this was a really important story. And just in case anybody didn't hear, we wanted to make sure that we touched on it. So, you know, in in wake in the wake of George Floyd's murder um, and all this conversation about race in America, Jay Farrow shared his own experience with the LAPD, 
And he basically shared a video in which he was stopped by the police while jogging in LA. And the security camera footage that he posted on Friday, it shows four officers stopping him with their guns drawn. Keep in mind, he's jogging, ordering him to get on the ground. And one of the officers kneels on his neck. And Jay spoke about this encounter in an interview with CBS's The Talk. It airs, the entire thing and airs on June 15th. Yeah. Uh, but we but we saw, we saw some of it, and I want to uh, just read this. He detailed the experience, saying he was first approached by one officer who told him to get down. Quote, three more officers drove up, hopped out of the car immediately, guns blazing. It's hot. Corona is definitely something to be worried about at the moment. The police officers, they didn't have on gloves. They didn't have on masks. They just said, get on the ground. They, they said, I fit the description of a black man with gray sweatpants and a gray shirt. The officer literally just looked at my clothes and said, you fit the description. When they put me in cuffs after they were all on me, an officer put his knee on my neck. It was totally gratuitous. They didn't have to do that. Jay told the police to Google his name saying, quote, you will see that you made a big mistake. The officers le- then let Jay go after receiving a call confirming he wasn't the suspect they'd been pursuing. Quote, I was just trying to exercise. It could have easily turned into another situation if I wasn't who I am. And the point here is that being black in America is just that, being black in America. Other people can't level with the same fears that I have leaving the house. We should not have to fear going to the grocery store, going to get some gas, running down the street. It's called human civility. That's what it is. It's about being a human. Wow. Yeah. Well, I really fucking. Yeah. No, I mean, this was, this was intense. And also I think the, like the really large, obvious, other than the obvious takeaways of this is also like, not everyone gets the opportunity to say, Google me, you have the wrong person. Like Jay was very lucky in the scenario that he was able to do that, but most people are not afforded that opportunity. And it's a very scary thing. No, I mean, it's, you know, and I think it was so, uh, so great of him to share this and to kind of to see like, see, it doesn't just happen because that was a message that was really trying to be spread last week of like, it doesn't matter what your status is. Maybe in this case, it helps you get out. But in the, in initially when officers are racially profiling, they don't care, you know, what kind of celebrity status you have. And I think I saw a lot of people last week trying to make that point. Like, don't think that we're protected just because we're celebrities. Our, you know, our skin color is still being attacked in this country. And I thought him sharing that was just such a, you know, kind of prime example of that. Yeah, especially because he's being profiled in his own neighborhood also. Look at Ahmaud Arbery. That's what happened to him. It's it's just, we have to do better than that. No, we have to do better than that. I think that, you know, people are really talking and they're really sharing their experiences. And I think that we have to pay attention to every single piece of information we're getting, not just the stuff that's being widely reported on the news or not just the stuff that's, you know, the things that are trending, like people, so many people are coming out and sharing their stories and sharing their experiences with police brutality. And even if it didn't end, you know, thank God with them being killed, it still wasn't a fair experience that they had to go through. And I think that we have to pay attention to those experiences also. It all goes into it. It's not just when somebody dies. Exactly. It's every single one of them. Exactly. The next thing that we wanted to talk about is regarding one of our favorite couples, which is Tayana Taylor and Iman Shumpert. I don't know if we talk about them that much because they're relatively, I guess, more private than others, but this, they're easily in our top 10, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think they are. Talk about sex tapes I want to see. Oh my God, would Dodge see ever, when they were in Connie's fade video, that was like when I, that was, I think, one of the first times that I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, I know. Do you remember the first time? Do you remember the first time you ever saw Tayana Taylor? 
on my super sweet 16. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. And so they announced um, her second pregnancy in her music video for wake up love, which they have one daughter together. Who's four year old, her four years old. Her name is Junie. She's adorable. And I'm just like, so funny. Years old. Today years old when I found out her name was Iman Taylor Shumpert Jr. And they called her Junie. I thought she was just Junie. Wait, what? Right? Like the Junie is for Junior. Julie? No. I am. You literally wrote this on the outline. I didn't even see that. I am mind blown. I know. It was um, a very, um, her, a very similar experience to when I found out that people weren't actually named Trey. It just meant the third. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, you know how people's name is Trey? Like Trey Songs? Like, yeah, like Trey Songs, like that pronunciation. But they're, they're never actually named Trey. They're just the third person in their family. What? Yeah, no one named Trey is actually Trey. My animal is reheating again in this moment. There, I, no, I, I'm freaking out. <laughs> Are you sure? Are we going to get DMs saying this is false information? I mean, listen, I can't tell you for sure that every tray isn't tray, but most trays are just the third person in their family. Like I wow. knew this kid named Trey and I was like, I asked him something about like being named Trey. And he was like, yeah, but that's not my actual name. I'm just like Michael the third. And they call me Trey. <laughs> Whoa, that is wild. You learn something new every day, don't you? I got to ask my, oh, I cannot, don't let me forget to ask my dad if he knows, if he knew that tomorrow. I, I will remind you. Okay. Um, a couple of other things we want to talk about before Isabel comes on. Number one, I can't tell you the reliability of this, but he says it's true. So we're going to go with it. Aaron Carter says that he is engaged to Melanie Martin. As you guys remember, this was his on again, off again, girlfriend that he called the cops on for domestic abuse. And then they got back together and apparently she was pregnant. I don't know what's going on with that, but if that's true and he's engaged, congratulations, Aaron. We are rooting for your happiness, right, Jewel? Literally, I'm making the outline and I leave the Aaron Carter's face blank because I never know what to put. I do this every single time and we're about to start the <laughs> podcast. And she's like, oh, so you just didn't put anything in for Aaron Carter? I was like, I do not know what you want me to put there. I do not know where to begin. I don't know what information you want. I have no idea. You are just like, you didn't put in that he's engaged. I was like, I, you say Aaron Carter and I'm putting in a blank spot there for you to fill in whatever you want with it. Because <laughs> there's nothing, every article is different. There's no reliability. He says one thing on Instagram Live, says another thing in his caption. Like, who the fuck knows? I just feel like we've been trying to do our due diligence in terms of reporting on major Aaron <laughs> You. <laughs> I've been trying to keep the good, the good, kind listeners of our podcast up to date on Aaron Carter's love life. And fucking, what do you want from me, Julie? Sue me for it. <laughs> okay. Next thing we wanted to talk about is I feel like this would be a good time to do a general TikTok update. How do you feel about that? I obviously feel great. Okay. There is a lot happening. We've got a lot of very confused DMs. And I want to start by saying, we don't know all of the answers because this shit happens fast. And if you're not into the TikTok drama, just fast forward the next couple of minutes. But for those of you that are, let's get into it because I feel like we all are seeking some sort of clarity. Isn't that how you feel, Julie? Yeah. I'm actually very confused. I'm usually know exactly what's going on with them, but I actually feel like I've actually fallen out of, of the situation and the knowledge of it. We know this shit like the back of our hands. And I suddenly feel like you know, 
I, I don't know. I feel like myself when Apple gets a new update and I'm like, where the fuck are my texts? That's how I feel in this moment. But yeah, exactly. here we go. You ready? Yeah. So as you guys know, there was the Hype House and the Sway House, which were two of the main content creators house, in addition to um, Clubhouse Beverly Hills, which is like Daisy Keach, Abby, et cetera. And the Sway House was, you know, Bryce Hall, uh, Griffin Johnson, Jaden, Josh, Keo, et cetera. And the Hype House was, you know, Lil Huddy, Thomas, Alex, Cover, the Lopez brothers, kind of, Nick Austin, etc. There was always the middle ground, which was like Taylor Holder, Nate Wyatt, Kellyanne. And in the last couple of weeks, there has apparently been a little bit of a like joining of forces. And so the some of the Hype House members, in addition to some others like Taylor, moved into this massive mansion, which was the old... Phase Clan House and the old Justin Bieber House. And this house is insane. It's 10 bedrooms, 16 bathrooms, worth almost $10 million. When the Phase Clan uh, people were living there and it was called the Cloud House, apparently they were paying 80 grand a month. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I don't know if you read about this, Julie, but you know what's been going on apparently is, or what they are getting a lot of criticism for is like, one of the issues with the Hype House and also with the Sway House, which we'll get into Sway House stuff in a second, is that you know, these addresses leak and then it's, they're very well known and people kind of come up and it's, it's becoming now that they're getting more famous. This is running a little bit more rampant in terms of people just showing up. And so a lot of the criticism they got is like, why are you choosing a house that is literally one of the most recognizable, well-known like addresses and houses, you know? I just like, I just don't get it. Like, I feel like they, I feel like influencers in LA play musical houses. No, it, it, this is something that I just, like I can't envision, I can't imagine this, you know? I also can't understand it because to me, moving is the single most stressful, annoying process in the entire world. And to just do it for the hell of it seems like a foreign concept to me. No, I know. I think the one difference here is though, it's not like this was their childhood home that they had so much stuff in. Like they just moved into the hype house less than a year ago. So how much stuff can, you know what I mean? Like it was easier than having lived there forever, but I agree with you. It sounds, it seems incredibly inefficient and bothersome. Yeah, it just seems like unnecessary stress. I don't know. To me, I'm like, I'm like, are, so like, are <laughs> is Sway House and Hype House on good terms again? Like, are they they're fine? Oh, they're on great terms. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, we all know that Josh Richards and Bryce came out with that diss track called "Still Softish" about Little Hottie. Literally a day after that, they were hanging out and like they were making a joke about it. But I think now they're especially on good terms, considering the fact that like. They're kind of meshed together. Jaden and Josh moved out of the Sway House, presumably to you know pursue their music careers. Who really knows? Blake, I guess, may be moving in. And so I think like Bryce and Griffin and everybody, they recognize like Taylor's living in the Hype House. Like we're we have more we're, we have more power when we're all on good terms, you know. And then a couple of other questions I have are: What's the deal with Jaden and Josh? Where are they living? They're not Sway House anymore. And also like. I feel like it's a frat. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like you can live off campus, but still be in the house. Oh, for sure. I think that's what's but going like, on with them. But Jaden and Josh are like, we're not in Sway anymore. Because I think that their whole thing is their, I mean, this is my hypothesis and kind of what I've seen on Twitter. Like, and I, honestly, they may have uploaded a video that I didn't watch yet. But I think that the thing is like, they're trying to pursue their, you know, movie careers. I mean, singing careers, potentially acting careers. And I think that, the issue with being associated with Sway, and this is kind of my like hypothesis, but I think that is probably true, is 
when you are in something so closely, I think that you then have to take the fall for your fellow like housemates actions. And I think if they're really trying to build legitimacy in this business, they're trying to separate themselves for a little bit more autonomy. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I like, I'm going to ignore the fact that I'm like, what is Josh trying to like separate himself for the purpose of, but that's fine. Um, I know <laughs> my other thing is our, Wait, why, are we acting like Julie, why are we acting? Why are we acting like I'm the expert? Like I'm, t- I feel like so like I'm sitting here, like answering your questions as if I have any sort of inside knowledge. This is just my intuition. I can't, I just okay. Like just know kind that. of, I feel like my knowledge isn't as strong as it once was. And I feel like you still have it. So I'm just trying to like, let's just go back and forth for a second. First of all, do you think that Bryce and Addison are back together? I think they're definitely hooking up. I can't tell you definitely dating, but I think they're definitely hooking up. Yes. Okay. And by the way, how do you feel about it? Because I am here for that any day of the fucking week. Oh, I love it. I've always loved it. Love it, right? Love, 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 love. Happy for them. Do you think that Jaden is going to be the Sean Mendez of TikTok? Honestly, <laughs> bold to say, I think that motherfucker already is. That is too bold to say. <laughs> like, that I is, just think that is oh, too, she's not. I, I just mean, like, do you think he'll ever get to the level of fame that Sean Mendes is at, where you'll one day be like, oh, yeah, I can't believe that kid started on Vine slash TikTok? Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think it's possible. I think he's really talented. I think we have to, you know, let's see more from him. But I think he's very talented and he has very supportive parents. I know those two things. I don't know anything about them, but I know that they're very yeah, supportive. Amy so. is very supportive. Amy D. Hostler. Constantly What's that <laughs> oh, I forget because it's Jaden's real dad. Is his? It felt yeah. good to see Charlie uh, and Huddy back together again. Not back together, but hanging out. Yeah, I mean Charlie is. Uh, I think at sixty-two, almost sixty-three million. She comes in hot from Connecticut. You know, fucking there in every single person's TikTok has a cameo. Really, just raising their relevancy, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think she's just like. I love her. I root. I root so hard for Charlie, Julie. Yeah, me too. Obviously, I think it's weird if you don't. I think you're. I think you just have like internal things that you have to figure it out if you don't root for Charlie because she's just good and so sweet and like d- did not ask for any of this. No, she didn't ask for any of it. I also have to make a shout out. There is a woman on TikTok. Her name is Fat Raccoon, and I'm gonna find her exact handle because it's spelled a little differently. Uh, hold on. You know how obsessed I am with her, right? Is that what her handle <laughs> it's, is? Yeah, it's Fat Raccoon, and the second O is uh, zero. And she just posts amazing content that like is hilarious, but also very informative. And we post, we put her in one of our roundups last week, and we were highlighting some of the our favorite uh, black creators on TikTok. But she commented on the, our post, and I saw that she followed us. And do you remember? I had a full blown like. Like I, this was, it was like one of the first times I've been starstruck in a very long time. I feel like. Yes. Because by the way, her highlight is more iconic than literally anything I've ever seen. It could even be more iconic than Beyonce's highlight during homecoming. She's so fucking beautiful. Like I, you guys have to follow her. She's amazing. I'm going to put her uh, handle in the description so you don't forget. But anyway, that's what's going on. I don't really know what else I, I know, you know, what I do know is that I need to sit down with Addison and preferably Bryce also, but specifically just Addison and really just talk to her, see what's going on in her head, see how she's handling all of this newfound fame. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot. I think that would be good for you guys. 
Don't you also think it's interesting that she, you know, there's never been a discussion of like, oh, is Addison moving into one of these houses? Like she's in a fucking league of her own with her parents. Like that's not at all what she's doing. Yeah. Somebody asked me if Charlie was, and I was like, there is no way her parents would ever let her. No. I don't even think she'd watch. No, I I mean, she's still in high school. So young also. I think we forget how young she is. Yeah. Oh, another thing that I wanted to say. So, sorry, the last TikTok situation. Um, Alex, Warren, Alex Warren, who he's been branded as like a copy cat David Dobrik. He kind of does the vlogs and he's dating Cover. And I guess their their style of video is very similar to when David and Liza were dating. And he gets a lot of hate for that. And I, I don't know, they just get a lot of hate in general. And I, I think I told you this, you know, that video that their ex-friend came out about outlining all these things. That being said, whatever, you guys obviously know we don't condone the hate, but something that I wanted to mention because I think it's really important is I guess, and and I don't, he didn't say this specifically, but there was a video about it and Cover commented on it saying, thank you. Who's his girlfriend. There was a video of people being like, please stop, you know, making fun of Alex Warren's weight gain. He had a very severe eating disorder. Like he's trying to feel comfortable with himself. And this is so mean and so bullying. And Cover commented, thank you. And I just wanted to point that out that clearly, you know, this, I think that there's this like misconception a lot of times that eating disorders can only affect women. And that's so not at all the case. And, you know, this kid is very brave. And I just want to point that out. Like, okay, you think he's a copycat David Dobrik? Fine. You find his laugh annoying? Fine. But like, he has real struggles just like anybody else. His dad also died of cancer. And I know he's been very vocal recently about missing him. So I just like, be nice to him. He's not, he didn't do anything bad just because he copied David, you know? That's a good point, Emmy. <laughs> Thanks. It made me so upset. No, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, before we bring on Isabel, I didn't watch this yet, full disclosure, because I'm saving it. I promised someone that I would wait to watch it with them this week, but I know you watched Dave Chappelle's special and I wanted you to talk about it for a second. Yeah, it was so excellent. So Dave Chappelle released, it's 27 minutes. He has it, it's, I believe it's on YouTube and possibly Netflix and definitely he posted on Instagram. It was his first ever Instagram post that he did as an IGTV. And the special is called 8 Minutes and 46 Seconds or 846. And it's basically his response to the death of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I think Dave Chappelle is just one of those people. And you and I talk about this all the time where it's like a lot of people who are that funny. It's also just like a direct link to their intelligence. And to me, Dave Chappelle is the literal embodiment of that. I could not agree with you more, Julie. It is you cannot have that level of creativity and humor without also being a genius. Really, yeah, he, he, he that guy. Yeah, I think that he is an incredible voice during this time. I think that I don't know. I just not everyone loves him. Not everyone loves his humor. Like I totally get that, but I just think that to me, I think he's just amazing at what he does, and so smart and so funny and so like captivating. I don't know. I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan. Yeah, no, that guy's, he's an absolute genius. I definitely, I can't wait to watch it. I just, I promise someone. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch it. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. 
And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, is well you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be back. I'm laughing though because when you were like, okay guys, like we're getting into our TikTok update. If you're not interested, just scroll forward. Like I was ready to scroll forward, but then I'm like, oh fuck, this is like live. (laughs) (laughs) does not care about TikTok at all. I love TikTok. I love the app and I am on it all day and where I'm always sending them to back and forth. But like, I don't care about the houses and like the drama of the stuff, but I do love Addison. I'm sorry. It's okay. I hate that you don't watch Housewives, but we all have our thing. Yeah, but I got a break now. So who's the who's the winner now? <laughs> it's true. Um, I, I, wait, one quick, quick thing that I want to say. Did I tell you this, Julie, that the second the like Little Huddy and Charlie video happened, Rhea texted me and she was like, holy fuck. And I sent her immediately a screenshot of what I texted you guys at 2.30. I was like, I know. I was like, I said the same thing. I was like, why do we care so much about this 15-year-old couple that... <laughs> Like I feel, you know what I mean. Like here I am feeling like it's fucking Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt, and it's Charlie and Little Huddy. They're the Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt of our generation. Oh my God, Julie, take it back. <laughs> Never. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, so we're not going to recap episodes or go through them because there's just been so many, and I feel like we can start fresh next week. But mm-hmm. the two big things we want to talk about are Lori Loughlin and Tinsley. Do you want to read Andy's what Andy said? Yeah. So basically there were rumors swirling that Lori Laughlin was going to be cast on Real House of the Beverly Hills. And on Sirius XM Radio Andy, he said, quote, there's a whole narrative apparently that I'm pursuing Lori Laughlin for the Real House of the Beverly Hills. And the first I heard about that was Twitter, but it's not true. Lori Laughlin is a very nice person. She's going to have quite a story to tell and she's always been lovely. So anyway, that's not true. Which like, thank God that would have been not a good. Yeah. Before all of this scandal, she would have been a great addition to the show. In another world. Yeah, in another world, if none of this had happened, like, she's the exact level of fame and wealth and, like, just everything that would have been perfect. And her kids are interesting, you know, and, like, being coming socialized to their own, almost like Delilah and Amelia. But obviously now that's over. Okay, Tinsley leaving Real Housewives of New York. This came out of left fucking field. Actually, not so left. A little right. It was just so... We had no warning, and I honestly hadn't even seen rumors of this swirling. It was the most grateful exit I have ever seen. She, her story wrapped up in a perfect bow that she was leaving um, New York, going to Chicago to be with Scott, and, you know, Bravo gave her the send-off. She got in the car. They gave her the little, like, thing that they usually do at the end of every season, which I probably have never seen mid-season, so that was interesting. And she wrote a post on Instagram with like a whole carousel of images and stuff from her seasons. She wrote, thank you from the bottom of my heart to all my family and friends, all my fans and friends who supported me and are happy for my fairy tale ending without Rahoni, Roni. Actually, I learned it's Roni and I always said Rahoni in my head. I don't know. 
Um, I would never have met my Prince Charming Scott. Being a housewife is such a fun experience, and I thank Bravo Andy and all the wonderful people at Shed Media and Bravo TV. Swipe for a trip down memory lane. Okay, very cute. Whatever, a million emojis. So that was great. And um, Gibson Johns, who's one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, we always repost his stories, and I love him. Tweeted something really interesting that. I had not, I hadn't thought of, which is by choosing to leave Real Housewives, Tinsley joins a relatively small club of Real Housewives who have left their respective franchises on their own accord. Which, when you think about it, if if a housewife leaves a franchise, it's usually because the network or someone wants them off. It's never on their own. Yeah, this was very graceful. The way that they went about it, the fact that it was, it's, you know, there, you didn't get any sort of a sense of hostility. You didn't get any sort of, you know, kind of unsaid behind the scenes. The vibe was like, this was clearly perfect timing. We're wrapping up in a bow and she's on her way. And I thought it was as graceful as they could have done it. Yeah, and they didn't try and drag her storyline out to like fit, squeeze into a few more episodes so that she would finish out the season. Like it was just, honestly, I really respected it and I liked it a lot. But I will say, so on Tinsley's post, Sonia comments, and without me, you wouldn't have met. So happy for you, girl. You got the fairy tale. Moved to NYC to live with a, with a true girlfriend, meaning herself, who was there for you with open arms, with a hand-raised emoji. I got you on Real Housewives, and my co-star introduced you to Scott, the man, heart, heart, heart. May all your dreams come true. I'm always here. Kissy face. Leah replies, WTF, question mark. Like, I don't think Sonia meant it with ill intent, but it just kind of came off that way. And then it was, no, it was the weirdest thing ever. Forget about ill ill intent. It was like, why is, why are you making her entire going away about you? I mean, it's literally Sonia. I have nothing else to say besides that. It, I, I wasn't surprised fucking at all. Like it just was, it was what it was. So then, um, I posted that on comments by Bravo and then Sonia commented, Oh, I made the caption real houses of Chicago. And she wrote, OMG real houses of Chicago would be amazing. And then someone (laughs) wrote, um, Oh, because there was a lot of, everyone was saying like, you didn't introduce her to Scott. Um, Carol did. So someone wrote, I feel it was without at Carol Radswell that they wouldn't have met, but okay. And she goes, ah, I introduced Tins to my Real Housewives girls. And then Dorinda writes, at Sonia Morgan, your good deeds and introductions should not be forgotten. Exclamation, question mark, heart, hashtag, thank you. Which was like oh. shady because Dorinda fucking hates Tinsley. And you know what? Whatever. <laughs> I wish Tinsley all the best. I hope she and her big rock have a happy life in Chicago and that's that I mean let me tell you something Dorinda cannot she couldn't resist she can't resist the opportunity for that jab you know she can't resist she cannot help herself and you know what now she's just gonna have to find someone else to pick on because Tinsley is off yep exactly anything else you'd like to add no I think Oh, Beverly. Oh, the shows are on hiatus for two weeks, so we won't have some updates um, for, I guess, for a little or episode recaps unless anything else interesting happens on social media. So, yeah, that's all for now, folks. Okay, I love you. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades 
Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey, Jewel. Hi, kids. Uh, I always miss you, but it's a nice little break for you. Okay, let us move into our award ceremony. Best clapback of the week goes to Blake Griffin. So he posted a picture of the Black Lives Matter street in Washington, D.C., and he made the caption, need this frame times a thousand, and someone comments, all lives matter, and he responds, you misspelled black. Fuck yeah. Lynn Griffin, my guy. You know what? I love to fucking see it. I was so thrilled when we were giving him best clap back of the week. I was like, you know something? You fucking deserve this, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And funniest comment goes to Chelsea Handler. So Trump tweeted a quote from Senator Bill Cassidy that said, defunding police would be good for robbers and rapists. And Chelsea Handler responds, well, then you should love it. (laughs) Julie was, that was, that um, post that we were kind of debating on whether or not to do, I think it's in our top 10 highest engagement ever. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. The impressions were like a lot of millions. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of millions. Yeah. So I mean, it was in, well, because what Isabel was saying is true. Like typically when there's an amazing tweet or amazing clapback like that, it goes viral. But I think because Twitter has been so busy recently, it kind of somehow got lost. And so when we, when I think it was Isabel who sent it, we were like, okay, this is really good. You know? Yeah. 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 It was great. It really was great. How are you feeling about the Kardashian recap? Oh, you mean like the one thing that we have to talk about? <laughs> I obviously won't talk about it though at length. Yeah, so let's talk about it. there was a video that Jordan Clarkson had posted on his story from Savas's birthday. And they're all singing happy birthday to Savas, who, as you guys know, is one of Tristan's best, best, best friends in the world. And in the video, you see that Chloe has her arms kind of wrapped around Tristan and he kind of has his arms wrapped around her. And they're like, they weren't posing for a picture. They were both, I think, on their phones videoing the celebration. But it was one of those moments where it was like, was this did this really happen to just be caught in the moment? And like, if so, is this the confirmation that we've been seeking that they are back together? That's my question, really. Um, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's like, I don't know if this is enough for me to say like, yes, they're definitely back together. I think that 
like one arm around one in one video for a second isn't enough. Like I'm not convinced, but I, again, I would not be surprised in the slightest if it, if they were. I mean, I just, you know, it's hard being a diehard Chloe supporter in a sense, because all you want is her to be happy. All you want is to root for her. But at the same time, when you see something like this, it's like, palm in fucking face emoji. That's like, that is our general mood regarding this, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, it's her life. I trust her enough to do what is best for her. And I trust her enough to know that like, if she's going through this, she understands the risks and ramifications of it. Um, And if somebody's going to do something, you can't, there's nothing you can do to stop them. That's the thing that I think (laughs) we've all learned is that if Chloe really wants to be with Tristan, there's not enough hate on the internet that's going to get in the way of that. No, of course not. Nor should there be. You should never live your life based on other people's opinions, especially people you don't know. Like I want her to do whatever she feels right. I would just be lying if I said that my guard isn't a little bit up because we saw what a fucking manipulative asshole he was for like multiple times in a row. And you know, as Maya Angelou says, when someone shows you their true colors, believe them the first time. And like his true colors have been shown countless times. Oh, I mean, listen, it's not like they're going to get back together and I'm going to be fine with it. That's never going to happen. I just like, we'll see it play out again. It just like, it sucks to watch her do this to herself, I guess. I know. Although the optimistic side of me is like, you know what, maybe he will be different this time and whatever. And I hope, of course, I hope that that's the case. But the other thing that I have to say is like, you know, Chloe has never been shy about being like, into sex and she's very like a very sexual person she's horny etc and like realistically during quarantine I don't think especially around her kids she's bringing in someone else like random that you don't know how serious their quarantine has been so like on a very strictly sexual level which I know we talk about a lot but it's like amplified during uh quarantine like this is an amazing situation like to be trapped in a house with Tristan Thompson solely for the sex aspect of it I'm sure is like fucking 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I guess. I just like don't think there's a strictly sex aspect with her and him. I think there is for him, potentially. I just don't see it for her. No, she's giving him, I'm sure, Chloe's a type where she gives, what's the expression, like boyfriend privileges with, or like fiance privileges with boyfriend title. Like, I just think that she will always be better to someone than she has to be. Or than they are to her. Yeah, like she's for breezing those fucking sheets. I just know it. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll see. Anything else that you wanted to add Kardashian-wise? I know we spoke a little bit in Patreon about Courtney and Scott. Like I just- Just that the picture that posted of the kids is the best thing that ever happened to me. Chicago and Saint specifically, I just, I couldn't really handle it. No, North looks like a different person. She's growing up right before our eyes, and it's a tr- it's a fucking trip. She's like she looked significantly older in that picture. Yeah, because her teeth grew in. It's very bizarre. I mean, like, of course, of- her teeth grew in straight. Like when I was six, I had like these crazy buck teeth, but that's like because I sucked my thumb a lot. But still, it's like it's so not fair. Like, of course, you don't need braces. Oh, uh, they're the, a perfect fucking family. Really, so goddamn beautiful. Every single one of them. I live for those so pictures. You have braces, right? I had braces. Really? I've never seen a picture of you with braces. I didn't have crooked teeth. It was just for um, like alignment or something. Like jaw-wise, <laughs> I think. 
Brooklyn? <laughs> no, like jaw-wise, I'm saying. Oh, right. I think. I, de- I, de- I don't know. My great. Teeth- I just had crazy spaces in between my teeth. Yeah. You have good... No, oh, wait, what? You, you always think your teeth are too little, right? They're really small. They're very little. I think they're just cute. Thank you. <laughs> well, we love you guys so much. We're going to cut now to our conversation with Erin Lim, host of Snapchat's The Rundown and Binge Club and correspondent for E! News. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I miss you. I'm so happy that you're here with us again. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be with you guys through virtual weird devices <laughs> and programs. Yeah, thank you for sticking with us. I, You know, you are like the busiest woman ever right now. Can you tell everyone what's going on? I feel like you are on the air every single day. Yes, and I have a new show called Binge Club. It's on Snap, and it is your weekly download of what shows you need to be watching and binging right now. I give like a review, and if you should press play, pause, or just absolutely skip. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fun show. It's keeping me super busy. I'm watching all of the shows in order for me to tell you which shows to watch, and then yeah. I also have the rundown three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, my show Binge Club, by the way, it's on Saturdays. Um, So yeah, you just really, you know, you just can't get enough of me. And then I'm also Daily Pop. I'm filling in for Carissa while she's on maternity leave. And that is weekdays, 1230 Pacific on E! on the network. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, we were, I remember we were talking about this the first time you were on and how I always say like you, in my opinion, when I think of Snapchat shows, like I think of you, like, oh, um, cause you, know, you, you were one of the first ones to really, I feel like, you know, just make that space kind of so integral. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Rundown was the first show that uh, kicked off the whole new Snap Discover platform. I mean, they, there was nothing that, um, came before it. There was no example for us to go off of. And then basically every vertical show that you see these days are just what the rundown is. So yeah, I'm super proud to continue to be a part of it 500 and something episodes later. Yeah. And how, what is an insane amount of downloads, right? Like it was, yeah, we've got like over 9 million subscribers. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Unbelievable. It's been fun. I, I love the show. I know it's, you can tell. So we have, I'm really excited because this doesn't normally happen typically. And you guys obviously know we're recording this on Friday and it's going to come out on Monday, but we don't ever really get to record the day that news breaks. And so we are talking about Matt James being the season 25 bachelor, the first black bachelor in bachelor history. And it happened just a couple of hours ago and we get to talk to you about it. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. News. History really made. It really is. I mean, let me give everybody a background. So, you know, there were a lot of calls um, on ABC to kind of diversify its contestants. And there was actually a petition that was started on change.org and it was called a campaign for anti-racism in the Bachelor franchise. And I'm going to read you the description of that. It was... ABC and Warner Brothers have been producing Bachelor content for 18 years. During that time, they've cast 40 season leads, yet only one black lead. This is unacceptable. 
As creators of one of the most popular and influential franchises on television, ABC and Warner Brothers have an opportunity and responsibility to feature Black, Indigenous people of color, relationships, families, and storylines. The franchise and all those who represent it should reflect and honor the racial diversity of our country, both in front of and behind the camera. Representation matters, and it is one of the most important ways our country can embrace its diversity and evolve. Spot on. Like, right. Yeah. It's one of those things where you almost cannot believe that it's taken this long. You know, this has been going on for 18 years now. You guys, oh, I definitely can't believe it's taken this long. Yeah. You know, this is low key embarrassing. You know, this high key yeah. embarrassing. I mean, this is maybe I'll give them 20 seasons too late. This is 10 to 15 years too late. I mean, this mm-hmm. is crazy that the show has been on this long and you just woke up your idea in 2020 amidst the state of the world like that's Mm -hmm. crazy that it took all of this for you to actually recognize what you needed to do but actually they've been well aware since 2012 I mean my uh co my colleague Nina Parker she's probably been on the show um she tweeted something which was really oh, I saw that today yeah said, just a reminder that the bachelor had a discrimination lawsuit in 2012 where they argued they had a first amendment right to exclude people of color as a creative decision in the process of casting shows and then she says they got the lawsuit dismissed as the judge agreed it was their right like you guys, this wasn't a wake. This was not a wake up call. This was literally eight years ago, and now you just want to save face because every company is now trying to prove what they're doing to diversify and hold themselves accountable. Um, I don't know, but you know what? I will say, like, this is still a good thing. Matt James is an amazing guy. He's besties with Tyler Cameron. Like, he is fully in the Bachelor thing. But also, it is kind of weird because what did you know? ABC said that this was a part of their plan all along. And that they were going to announce when the time was right. So did they sign him on to Claire's season knowing they weren't going to work out and that they were going to fix the whole thing so that he could become The Bachelor? Like, that is just weird to me as well. Right. Well, (laughs) that was actually my exact question, because if you remember a couple of months ago, there was that whole thing when he was, I guess, doing an interview and it was really about talking about his charity, but Claire kind of misinterpreted that. And she made some, remember she tweeted something like, if you're on my show and you're already doing press interviews, like you're here for the wrong reasons. And people kind of thought, you know, we're like, okay, you're clearly talking about him, number one. Yeah. And number two, he's doing it for charity. So like, let's take a second to relax yeah. there. Um, but my question is, when they when ABC says, you know, we were planning this the whole time, does that mean they were planning that up until like, you know, two months ago when clearly him and Claire weren't going to work out or like, I don't know. I don't, what does that mean? Yeah. It's, it's all so weird. And I mean, like, well, yeah, I, I think it's great that they're trying to do something finally, fine, freaking Lee, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just kind of over the situation. Like the, for years, you know, as a, a, a woman of color, I've been like, you really, I mean, it took them that long to get Rachel Lindsay. And even after that, they didn't even continue to diversify. Like, I'm just like, it's just so disappointing. And yeah, when you look on TV and then you really can't see yourself in any of these contestants or these characters, it's, um, it's really like, wow. But you know what? All of this is clearly happening for the better of the world and uh, entertainment. So here we go. Yeah. People are putting their mouths, they're putting their money where their mouths are at, which is good, finally. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. I wanted to read. So he was on Good Morning America and he said, it's an honor. I'm just going to lean into myself and how my mom raised me. And hopefully when people invite me into their homes on Monday night, they're going to see that I'm not much different from them. And they see that diverse love stories are beautiful. And, you know, they were asking like, what do do you think about ABC taking this long? And he said, in my opinion, I don't think it's ever the wrong time to do the right thing. It's a class act. Doesn't he seem like it? It is a class act. And I think it's going to be great. And, you know, a lot of friends are already texting me like, oh my gosh, sign me up. Like, let's go. (laughs) So I think a lot of people are really excited. And yeah, he just seems like a great, great guy. Totally. Totally. I think also, you know, and, and Julie and I are honestly not really Bachelor watchers. Like we kind of you know, watch a little just so that we kind of know what we're talking about, but we're definitely by no means kind of in that bachelor nation. But I will say coming off of the frustration of Peter's season, uh-huh. you know, where everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that sparks a lot of this because the frustrating frustration of Peter's season, I think started when they picked him over Mike. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then it became such a dud and everyone is like rolling their eyes at Bachelor, like, what the hell are you guys doing? Right. It was a layup for them. It was a no-brainer for them to get Mike. And it's just like, okay. All right. I no, I feel the same way. And I also, Julie, you're gonna get this reference. Erin, I'm I I'm like embarrassing myself saying this, but I have to. I had this thing and I was thinking about um I could totally envision, not less, not necessarily the first episode, but I could totally envision, you know, a couple of episodes in him bringing on Tyler, right? Because that's like amazing television. And of course the girls would swoon, et cetera. But I was comparing it, Julie, to uh, uh, Vinny and Polly with the double shot at love. (laughs) 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 Tyler Tyler doing a show with him together, the two of them is like a Polly and Vinny double shot in love. I would apt, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Oh right? my gosh. I don't even know what happens on double shot of love. And I think I'm <laughs> proud to admit that. Uh, but I mean, it sounds entertaining from what you guys have just said. I mean, all this stuff is so entertaining, you know? And for me, it's like the, the, cause if we're, if we're ranking in terms of like, who's going to get a little more trashy, clearly, MTV is going to outdo ABC any day of the week in that regard. And so it's, I don't know. I love it. Also, and you may know the answer to this or either of you may, is this the first time that there's been a contestant that hasn't been on a previous season? Assuming he doesn't go on Claire's. Oh, I mean, he should be on Claire's, I think. I think, think so? well, you know what I think is happening right now? I think that I'm not positive, but when I talked to Tyler, he kind of alluded to this, that they might be doing like these Zoom dates, Zoom get to know you type of things that I think might be featured in in um batch in this season in Claire season if it even still happens or airs. Um, mm. But if he doesn't go on Claire's altogether, this will be the first time. I mean, this is not my forte, but I'm telling you, it's I'm definitely going to watch the season. I find I, I am very attractive attracted to him. This is like the epitome of my type. Oh my gosh! Get it! <laughs> Please sign up. Can we sign you up? Can we sign oh you? Oh my god! Up? But That's then my worst. You still can't tell people like what you do for a living. Yeah, exactly. It's my worst nightmare. Could you guys imagine me on TV? Oh my god! I, mean, I can imagine. You know, people are going to recognize your voice, but I think you should thousand percent do this. <laughs> I was Did saying, you to, I signed you up, <laughs> Julie. I would lose my mind. I would. Lo- yeah, if you did that. Like, Emma, please just do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would actually die. You would die, I know. That would be honestly the best thing that ever happened to me, I think. (laughs) Julie, would you watch every week? That's actually the only way I would watch it. (laughs) Yeah, and and comments by celebs will definitely be watching you closely and all of the things that you put on your personal page. (laughs) I know. It's like Inception. Um, but anyway, we are really, really excited and we'll see. I can't wait. I mean, I'm curious to see what else comes out about that. Yeah. Um, in not as happy news, Kelly Clarkson, news broke on Thursday that Kelly Clarkson is filing di- filing for divorce from her husband, Brandon Blackstock, after almost seven years of marriage, which before I even like get into the details, were either of you shocked because I was? Extremely. Yes. Could not believe that I was reading that news, actually, because every single time I've interviewed Kelly Clarkson, anytime anyone has spoken to Kelly Clarkson, she's always raving about her husband. She's raving about his kids that he has had from a previous marriage that she has taken on as her own. She loves the kids that they share together. It's like being a wife and a mother is her greatest job amongst all of the other jobs she has like they would ride home from set together when she was taping her shows like it just seemed like they were so in it forever and I don't know it kind of made me believe and I you know I have no intel on this but like did something happen um, during corona like really sudden that might have ignited this because like you know a lot of people are splitting up during corona when they're really getting to know their partners so i i don't know yeah that's that's how i felt too i mean she always raves about him i feel like so i was real i was very shocked by this yeah well not to get all like julie do not make fun of me but you know in terms of astrology this I have this one friend who's like very, very into it. And she texts me all the time. And she's like, oh my God, another couple. I guess it's Venus is in retrograde, which is different than Mercury. And it's like very, very damaging for relationships. And she said to me way before any, we even saw any of these public ones. She's like, in the next couple of months, you're going to see so many celebrities break up. And it's really come to fruition. You literally sound like Corona's PR person. (laughs) This divorce wasn't our fault. This was astrology. Let them take it. Retrograde. (laughs) <laughs> like tell me more about it like what do I need to know I, I, I literally feel like that Julie I don't know I mean I think that I don't know you know like when when the whole Jay and Kristen thing happened oh. that was like this to me I, and again tell me what you guys think but this to me had a totally different vibe because with Jay and Kristen the tensions were never we always knew that they were like they had a foundation but the tensions were very visible I feel like you know we saw their lives through the reality show etc whereas this one in the times that we heard about, from Kelly Clarkson about it she was raving there wasn't that same like kind of sarcastic energy that Kristen had when talking about Jay yeah. yeah, and I feel like Kristen was always very open about their struggles. Like, I think the thing with Kristen and Jay wasn't that people were shocked that they got divorced. It was how sudden it was. Mm-hmm. This is just like the general shock of the announcement. Mm-hmm. Mm. Totally. So for anybody curious about the background, because to be honest, I kind of forgot as well when I before we were looking this up. So they first met in 2006 when she was rehearsing before the American Country Music Awards. And her manager at the time was actually his dad. And he is also the former stepson of Reba McIntyre, which I don't know. I like I knew that I knew that, but I completely forgot about it until this outline. And also Reba is one of Kelly's like mentors. 
I know. I mean, like Kelly has always spoken so highly of Reva. Like I felt like that was, you know, she just looked up to her so highly and that's a very interesting connection I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they reconnected in 2012 at the Super Bowl when she was performing the national anthem and Blake Shelton performed America the Beautiful and he was managed by Brandon. So they were very much, you know, they've always been in the same world. And then they started dating that year, 2012, and they got married in 2013 in Tennessee. Wow. I mean, just talk about being blindsided though. You know, I don't know if we ever will find out exactly what happened if something happened that, you know, randomly sparked all this because Kelly just seems like, you know, kind of, she doesn't seem like she would ever bash someone or even if it something bad happened to her in this process or, you know, so, and I'm not saying that maybe something she could have done. So I just feel like with this, they might just go their separate ways, you know, kind of peacefully. Mm-hmm. Kristen and Jay split up. We, it was not as amicable as it appeared initially. So yeah, I don't know if right. other news will surface surrounding, you know, what happened. I know. Definitely a shocker. Yeah, no, I'm very curious. Um, the next thing we want to talk about, this is so sad. This was really came as a shock. So on Wednesday, the This Is Us Twitter account confirmed that Jazz Waters, who was the writer for This Is Us, passed away. They tweeted, the entire This Is Us family was devastated to learn of Jazz Waters passing. In our time together, Jazz left her mark on us all, on us and all over the show. She was a brilliant storyteller and a force of nature. We send our deepest sympathies to her loved ones. She was one of us. Rest in peace. And uh, the day later on Thursday, the LA County coroner confirmed that her death had been ruled a suicide. Uh, she was accredited. I mean, she's obviously a writer for This Is Us, and she was also accredited writer on What Men Want, uh, Kidding, Hood Adjacent with James Davis, and of course, This Is Us. And ah, uh, this one, I like. This was really, really sad. Yeah, dealing with a death of anyone, a friend, is just—it's hard. And then dealing with suicide in particular is like a specific type of loss that is. It's just unexplainable and you know I've I've gone through that type of loss and I just I feel for her friends and family and um you know it's just m- mental health is so important and I think mm-hmm. that a lot of times we don't give ourselves or even the people around us enough grace and um and check in on each other, you know, and right now during a time such as this, like 2020 has been, it feels like it's been 10 years within six months. And I feel like even my mental health is in a state of like, uh, like I, you know, I'm just, I feel low lately and, and I don't usually deal with depression. And, and so I can only imagine what people right now who do have mental health problems are going through, and, um, and I just think we need to just reach out to one another now more than ever and just, and say, Hey, how are you doing? Health check. What's going on? Like, how can I be here for you? How can I support you? And everyone needs to just put their differences aside and, and look at each other like human beings and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to lift you up. And, um, and I just hate to see that, that someone just who is so amazing be gone. I know. Yeah. 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 No, 
It was heartbreaking. I wanted to read also Dan Fogelman, who's the creator of This Is Us, tweeted, This news took my breath away. Jazz was absolutely brilliant and had so many stories still to tell. She made an indelible mark on our show and my heart breaks for her loved ones. I think, you know, just, I obviously didn't know her personally, but from everything that I read and, you know, what people have said, I think that there's something really, really unbelievable about someone who's able to write something like this is us like clearly that's that is someone that has a mind that is just brilliant you know what I mean I think that a lot of shows I mean most shows the writing is such a huge component of it if not the most important component of it um but with this is us it was such a different type of show and the storytelling was the show and the ability to get those characters and that message and the different time periods that it's being written in and all connecting it was so pertinent to the show and how important it was. And you could see that in the writing. So I think people really felt that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I also just, Aaron, in response to what you were saying, you know, I, I totally agree. I think that this is a time when people are almost like getting in, getting in touch with the part of themselves that they didn't even necessarily know was present or maybe hadn't been paying enough attention to. And, you know, the lack of distraction I think is also feeding into everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious for you, like, what have you found that's been helpful in terms of, you know, just outlets? You know, I, oh, man, with all this craziness going on, like, it's like this weird balance. And I just posted it today. Like, you want to stay online to stay informed, be aware. And then you don't want to go on because it's like so overwhelming. And it's like, information overload and Mm -hmm. there is a lot of negativity out there as well right now and so I had to take a good like eight days off social media because Mm -hmm. it I I just felt like I was being whipped in so many directions with everything that I was seeing and then I wanted to like use my platform for good and like be vocal and you know support um Black Lives Matter and all of um you know, the, the good things going on. And, and so I just, um, I just finally like shut it all off. I tried to stay away from news, but like had my boyfriend keep me informed on like the things that I needed to know about. And then I, I would do like some yoga and some exercise and some reading and writing and just like allowed myself to process everything that's going on. And actually like today I just told myself like, I'm going to take a drive by myself post up somewhere and just write it out. Just write how I'm feeling in this moment and what's going on around me and just like, just let it go. Just let everything go. Um, Cause yeah, sometimes I feel like we just bottle up our emotions and our feelings. And last week I just, I just had one of those emotional implosions, you know, when you're just crying all day for no reason and any single conversation that doesn't have to do with anything just like sets you off. Like that was me just a couple days ago where I could not get through the day without being emotionally overwhelmed. And, um, and yeah, and I just can't imagine what some other people who are in different situations are going through. And so I think um, we just need to like love ourselves, love others. And like, honestly, serving people really helps you feel so much better. Like if you need to just go and buy someone a coffee today and just don't even, don't even tell them you're doing it. Just say, this is what I do whenever I'm feeling really shitty. 
I give a barista like five or $10 and I say, put this towards whatever the person behind me wants. And then I just, I walk away and I leave and whether or not they catch up to me and say, thank you, like whatever. But if we do end up having a convo, I just tell them, pay it forward. And you would be surprised how much better you will feel when you mm-hmm. give it away, when you just serve someone. So yeah, yeah. that's such a... That's such a nice thing to do. I love that. I want to. I want to incorporate that into my own life. It's, yeah. it's it's so true. I always we always talk about this that I think oftentimes the act of giving is so much more rewarding and fulfilling than receiving. You know, totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and you said it, like in regards to writing, I feel the same way. Sometimes it's real. It's just like it can be very liberating. Um, you know, sometimes you can't even speak what you have in your mind. And the only way you can put it out is really when you put the pen to the paper. And I, that definitely is one of my outlets as well. Yeah. Like I have so many notes on my phone of things where I'm like, Oh, like I want to post this. And then I'm like, no, like this is just for me. And like, um, and yeah, and just, yeah, just writing it down, like the physical act of writing it down. And sometimes you can write down things that maybe you don't want anyone to see, like set that shit on fire, like let it go. And that in itself is cathartic as well. Cause you're like, wow, like I'm just releasing these thoughts for good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of power to that. It's, it's so mm-hmm. much, there's like a real, and I know people that haven't done it, like may make fun of it, but there's a, definitely an energetic experience that comes up for me at least yeah. in those situations. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm so happy we get to have you. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. I miss you gals. I, I know. I <laughs> Taking over the world. You guys, Erin Lim on E's Daily Pop weekdays at 1230 Pacific Time, Binge Club on Saturdays, and The Rundown Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Snapchat. We love you. I love you guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Feel free if you enjoy us to write a review. It really, really does help. We'll put some helpful things in um, the description. And we love you guys so much. We will see you on Thursday for our Kardashian Mona show. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then... It's like I didn't exist. Don't take yada yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join. Same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.